The Lord be with you. And also with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory, Glory to, to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. As the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him, because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The fundamental reality of humanity is life. Now, it's a strange thing to say when we're so often surrounded uh, by death, but that's precisely what it means to be a human being. We only have our being, our existence, in our life. When we were created, we were given life. Yet, in the fall, death enters in and becomes a primary part of our existence. This is why the Good Shepherd calls us to life, to who we are. Because life is our ultimate reality. But the life we live now is only the, the penultimate reality because this life will end. But it's through our death we enter into the ultimate reality. Reality, our life found forever in Christ, a life of abundance in the evergreen pastures of salvation. This is where the shepherd calls from and calls us towards. He calls us to, to cross the threshold, the gate, into this verdant world and land that he promises us. He calls out, hear his voice. Follow him and, and enter with him into this promised land. Jesus tells us that the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd and they follow him. That they ignore the voice of the one who, who jumps over the fence to, to steal and to slaughter and to destroy. Have no doubt, we are the sheep in this parable as were the Pharisees who were there at the time that Jesus was talking to these, these smelly and, and dim animals who aren't self-sufficient at all. 
But if I'm honest with myself, I don't follow the voice of the shepherd as often as I should. In fact, I fear that I actually follow and hear the voice of the stranger more than I do the voice of the shepherd. I mean, how often do I treat the stranger like a close companion? How often does he become a personal companion to me in my sin? Don't do that. Do this. It'll be fun. Come, follow me, he says, and I'll take care of you. Look at all the things I can show you and experience in this world. Come on. Come on, just one more time. Just one more time. You're not enslaved. You can choose to do this whenever you want. You can choose to stop whenever you want, but just one more time. We may look down at sheep as these funny little creatures, but they're better at following the voice of the shepherd than we are because they live how they were made to live. They live as they were created to live while humans, we fight against it every step of the way trying to carve out for ourselves some reality of our own making where we are king or we are queen or we are God. Jesus begins this section by saying, Amen, amen, I say to you, or, or truly, truly, or verily, verily, some translations would have it, which comes from the Latin veritas, which means truth. Jesus says this phrase 25 times in the Gospel of John alone. We get two of those occurrences today. This phrase is kind of like a teacher in class who says, pay attention, write this down, it's going to be on the test. So it's important. And this follows off the previous section where he heals this blind man and then accuses the Pharisees of being the blind ones. Then they ask him, are we blind? And we then launch into this section of text. Truly, truly, amen, amen. Pay attention, he's saying. Yes, yes, you are. You are blind. You think you see, but you're blind. And not only are you blind, but you're deaf. The, the, the Son of God is standing before you and you can't see him. The Son of God is calling out to you. The Good Shepherd is calling out to you and you fail to hear him. Life is standing before you and all you can see is death. Life is calling out to you and all you can hear is the law and the condemnation it offers. Think of the voices that bombard us that we listen to, that we put so much trust in, so much weight in. Think of the voices even of today. It seems like many people are on two different extremes of everything going on. Either we're all going to die or everything's fine. In the midst of these voices, is there room for a voice of faith? Is there, is there room for a voice which trusts God? while also loving our neighbor? Is is there a voice which proclaims that life is beautiful and precious and important and can't be simply reduced to a bunch of numbers on a spreadsheet? That each life is unique and valued by the grace of God. But that our life finds its fulfillment not in this life, but in the life of the world to come. Are we living in fear or are we living in faith? 
The thief comes to steal. Has he not tried to already steal our joy? Our ability to even worship as a church? Has he not tried to seal our hope and our trust that we have in God? Yet God has prevailed. And through this time, he has brought his church together, perhaps even closer together. But I ask, will it last? Are we all running to online services to help comfort us in our fears? But what about when normal returns? Will we still come to God? Or will he have served his purpose and so we just move on? The thief comes to slaughter. And he does. He takes life and he gloats about it. But in the Christian faith and in the Christian funeral, we proclaim the victory that is won in Christ even through death. And the promise of the resurrection My son made an interesting observation this week. He said, Dad, one of the good things coming out of the coronavirus is that there's no war right now. Now, I'm sure there are still battles going on across the world, but it does seem like there's a a time of relative peace and countries are actually trying to work together. Just, I heard this week in Miami, they went six weeks without a homicide. The first time they've done that since 1957. Unbelievable. There's been a sense of peace where we haven't been trying to get each other. The thief comes to destroy. He has worked so hard to destroy families in the past few decades. Yet now in this time, I've heard of families growing closer together, spending more time together than ever before, and and even healing some of the divides and pains that were within families. But the thief doesn't just stop. He doesn't just hop over the fence and go away. The thief is still seeking to steal our joy and he fills us with anxiety. The thief is still seeking to slaughter and take lives and leaving us to grieve. The the thief is still destroying and harming families. And we pray for those who are in, in households that are unsafe. And we ask God would would protect and guard life and even transform hearts to love. In all of this, though, where the power of sin is, the promise of God is louder. The promise of life is stronger. The voice of the good shepherd that we have heard calling that says, I came and I came to give life and life abundantly, overflowing, overwhelming to you, to you, to me. And that abundant life finds its fulfillment in Christ. This life is not our ultimate reality, but the life of the world to come. So as we just sang, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He's going to feed me and he's going to give me drink. And what is the Eucharist? He desires to feed us. And it looks like once again soon we'll be able to once again receive these gifts as a, after a time of wandering through the desert, just like the children of Israel, not for 40 years, 
But as of tomorrow, it's been 40 days. I am the gate for the sheep, Jesus says. I am the gate for the sheep. It is through Christ that we enter into this fold of life. And we've returned to that fold. All all of us are like sheep who have gone astray, but we have returned to that fold. But many haven't. How will they hear? How will they hear the voice of the Good Shepherd? That call to, to repentance and forgiveness that we heard about in Acts today. We are all foolish sheep who went astray, all of us. But by the grace of God, are here now. Will we extend that grace to others? Will we be an echo of the voice that we heard calling to us? Gates are are places of entry. They're places of, of, of welcome. Not of platitudes and dictates, but we enter through the gate to go into the pasture. Will we, even after all this is done, be drawn to the voice of the shepherd? Will we come to the Lord who gives us eyes to see and, and ears to hear? Will we tell other sheep that there is a greener pasture over the hill? That in this place, yes, the grass is greener. Come here, come see, come hear the Good Shepherd. By the grace of God, I would like to think, yes, yes. As that grace has been extended to us, may it reach the ears of others. And may it reach hearts receptive to hearing and receiving abundant life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.